I'm so excited to be here. When I realized I was supposed to come here, I took the opportunity to drive here, to, to be on, online and to be live with all of you. Whether you like it or not, all of you are on a mission. Do you agree with me? All of you are on a mission. I remember my wife had a mission. She wanted to conquer the mountains. So what we did is, uh, when she said, uh, Dear, I want to go to Kilimanjaro. I actually didn't want to go Kilimanjaro. But somebody told me there's, there's a wall called Baranko, a Baranko wall, which is very dangerous. And you kiss the wall when you walk through the mountain cliff. When I heard that, no, I'm going with her, just in case anything happened. Sometimes love does strange things, isn't it? And this morning, you all, you all have been talking about this love. And love changes. And love is something that is expressive. And when I hear about what High Point Life is doing in India and in the, the churches uh, in East Malaysia and the many mission work that you all are involved in, I'm so inspired. In fact, I look at uh, the leadership here. I think... Uh, it is really something you all have done and we can see the love of God flowing through the church. High point life. And for that, I want to praise God and in a way like salute all of you because I know it's not easy. Running a church, doing all the meetings week after week, especially during, the, during this MCO season, it's very, very difficult. But today I've been given this subject on one mission and I put a small word there, a disciple, a disciple. And uh, you know things, notice something about a disciple. When you are a disciple of somebody, you actually begin to emulate the other person. Correct? You begin to see uh, some similarities in that person. We are a di disciple. We are a follower of Jesus. And the mark of a follower of a disciple in his mission is begin to have the heartbeat and the love of God. And when we talk about one mission, I just couldn't help but talk about the mission that inspired me. When I saw someone who loves the Lord and he shares the love of Christ, it touches me. And this is something that actually encourages and builds up the church. Today, I just want to share this simple verse that all of us know. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. One more time. One, two, go. Very simple, isn't it? I think all of us know this verse. And of course, the Matthew 28 verse, all of us know. I purposely choose this verse very short and very easy. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And this verse, when you just read it, you know, it is a very clear-cut instruction. And I believe that as we go into uh, sharing the gospel to the whole creation, I just can't help but bringing my thought to this guy by the name of Jonah. So today I'm going to finish Jonah chapter 1 to chapter 4 in one, in one series, okay? and extract some of the things we can learn from the life of Jonah. Shall we read this together? While all those at home, just read it together with me. One, two, go. Now, 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it and go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. You see, from this simple three verses, we can see uh, something. Jonah rose and he fled to Tarshish. But notice, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, what? What did God ask him to do? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come before me. You see, God has already given him an instruction. And he is a follower of Yahweh God. He is a disciple, just like you and I. We follow the Almighty God. And our Lord Jesus has also laid out that command and that mandate. But you see, he is going the other side. He's fleeing. Not only is he fleeing, he went down into it. You see, when someone backslides uh, and disobey God, uh, there is this spiraling action. You, know? you begin to drift away from God. And you, you do not want to come to the presence of God. And indeed, that is what actually happened. He tried to go away from the presence of God. This is going away from the presence of God. But if we love God, why should you want to go away from the presence of God? If you love your wife, if you love your family, you want to be with them. That's a very natural thing. But here we see someone who supposedly loved God and who is a prophet now going away from the presence of God. You know, we need to heed the missionary mandate. We need to heed the missionary mandate. But here we have someone who is a reluctant messenger. He's reluctant. And I believe that some of us are also reluctant, but reluctant in a very nice and explicit way. You, know, you understand what I'm trying to say? A very nice, civil and explicit way. You know, the reason given is when the command, the missionary mandate is given, it's always, I have something to do. I'm not free. I have a cow at home. I have a wife to feed. I cannot come. See, there's always something. There's a reason. But there, in a way, it's like a valid reason. But the issue is, we are putting our thoughts in the wrong priority. So here we see the missionary mandate of a reluctant messenger. Jonah was a reluctant messenger. Jonah was a disobedient guy and he acted out of the will of God. When you act out of the will of God, something happens. You know, there, there was a big storm that happened, uh, I think, uh, last year. And I remember in my house, we have uh, some trees in the garden. And one of the trees fell. And then it hit the, the fence and it hit some of the other tree. And then it pulled some of the branches down. And even my fence was also destroyed. And when you see a tree falling, guess what happens? The grass, the roots, and the flowers around it will also come out, isn't it? Then I found that this tree, it was actually rotten inside. It was actually rotten, but it's in the inside. 
On the outside, it looks strong. But when the wind came, it just fell down. What I'm trying to say is that uh, we can be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. When the inside is not well, you want to flee away from God. And when you are disobedient, you cannot stand it. The tree falls. But one thing you must realize is that when the tree falls, there is collateral damage. Not only does the tree fall, the tree fell on something and it, it destroyed the environment around it. The plants around it are destroyed. You know, as a disciple and a follower of Jesus, when you give up that right to share the love of God, and when you give up sharing the love of God, someone, someone misses that opportunity. Did you realize that? And you think that it's only between me and God. What do you mean between you and God? Yes, we know there is something between me and God. But there is also our responsibility. We are also human beings. When you deprive someone of the gospel, you have deprived a soul. There is collateral damage. There are consequences. And what do you do? Look at the story of Jonah. Jonah's situation when he refused and went the other way, the sailors suffered. Realize that? They were in the boat, they were in the ship, and when the storm came, they were all in disarray. What do they have to do? They have to throw away all the things, isn't it? They were afraid, they didn't know what to do, and they were crying for help. Little did they realize it was Jonah who was the culprit. Not only is there uh, collateral damage, suffered by the sailors. Jonah himself suffered. When you disobey God, something happens. Not only are there collateral damages all around you, you yourself suffer damage. There is a cause. It costs someone, but the worst, it, it causes you. Look at what happened to Jonah. Jonah was swallowed by the big fish, isn't it? Okay? And uh, can you imagine what it was like in the belly of the fish. It's not going to be pleasant, isn't it? He suffered. He suffered. And some of us, when we forget about God's call, we forget about uh, obeying the, the missionary mandate. Someone suffers. But most of all, we suffer the blessings that God has intended for you and I. And for all of you at home now watching, wherever you are, remember to hit the missionary call. And when you hit the missionary call, even though you are a reluctant messenger, but the message of God never changes. Because the message of God is a regenerate message. It turns from hopelessness to hope. And here we see the word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, removed his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Look at Nineveh. Nineveh is a very sinful city. It is the descendants of uh, Om Nimrod. You know, Nimrod is supposed to be representing the Antichrist. And here is this country who is against God, who is evil. 
And if you know the Ninevites, they are the ones who slaughter people's head and then pull them up into a pile of a mountain. And guess where Pol Pot learns it, learns it from? Pol Pot from Cambodia, okay? that, the human skeleton. They learn it from the Ninevites. They were evil and uh, violent people. And here you see, the word of God reached King, uh, King of Nineveh and he arose. When he heard about that, 40 days, I give you 40 days. If you do not repent, in 40 days, I will punish Nineveh. That was the message. And they repented. Who would expect Nineveh, Nineveh to repent? Who? A country that is so against the things of God, would they repent? But God knew it. And God sent Jonah. But Jonah was reluctant. But that doesn't mean the gospel is not powerful enough to convict. Sometimes we think uh, the gospel, you know, yeah, so easy, so simple. People wouldn't want it, you know. But you'd be surprised. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You think it cannot change life, but God makes something happen and change life. That's where we have a powerful God. You know, this MCO, we're talking about a mission now, one mission. It's so difficult to go out to share the gospel. But I thank God, during this MCO, I had the opportunity to go through Zoom now, telephone now, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Wherever you are at home, you have the opportunity. We have the digital means to, to connect with people. Yes, I cannot drink coffee with you. But the people's need for coffee, for coffee, yeah, is still there. They are seeking and looking for something. And I realize this MCO, a lot of people are... Uh, they, they, they are depressed. They are lost. The Word of God is alive. The problem, it is not touching life, it's not the lacking of the gospel. It's the reluctant messenger. And sometimes we are the reluctant messenger because why? We enter in the situation where now we are all locked down and uh, you know, I have an excuse, I have a reason. But I discovered uh, during this MCO, my youngest brother, who stays in uh, Rawang, and I stay in PJ, so no cross-border, isn't it? No inter-district travel. He, he was uh, really seeking for something. Suddenly, he felt lost. This is uh, my youngest brother. He's already 50 plus. He retired early. He made his money, and uh, he settled down in a nice house in, uh, on the hillside in, in uh, Rawang. Suddenly, there was hopelessness. There was fear of death. And he didn't know what to do. What if I get COVID? What's going to happen to me? Will I die? Will my lungs be destroyed? He began to ask all these questions. And then, what's the meaning of life? Now I've come to the stage where I'm retiring. I'm supposed to be enjoying life. I have a family. I have money. But what next? He began to search. And this is the opportunity that God gave me. And I remember sharing with him. And this brother, if you know the history of this brother, he, we had uh, a lot of fights before. Uh, and I'm not going to go there, but something happened to him. He accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and his life changed. During the MCO, 
On the telephone, people still accept the Lord Jesus Christ. On Zoom, people still accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why? The human need and the human desire to know God is still there. Just like the king of Nineveh. Don't you think that they know that they are evil? And when 40 days, I've given you 40 days to repent. Before 40 days, he realized immediately he rose. And the king repented together with the nation. Are you that reluctant messenger? If you are the reluctant messenger, don't blame the gospel. You know, sometimes, hey, Richie, I think you're being a little bit strong. But I just think that we have to be honest about obedience to the missionary mandate. We need to heed it. It is not something that we negotiate with. It is obedience. Yes, the gospel power. Power of God unto salvation. And yes, we finish this missionary uh, mandate. We need to heed the missionary mandate. There is a reluctant messenger. And I pray that if we are one, that God will change us to be that willing messenger. And if you are not willing, you will cause somebody. And you also cause yourself and suffer lost. But let's let the regenerate Word of God do its part. But not only is that the missionary mandate that we need to heed, there is also the missionary miracle that we need to preach. Preach the missionary miracle. What's that missionary miracle? We're all looking at the vaccine, isn't it, everybody? A lot of talks in town now about which vaccine to take. Should I take the the Pfizer, uh, but mRNA, I don't know what's that, and then it's going to cause some damage or not, long-term effect. Or should I take the Sinovac, uh, China, and uh, uh, it could be safer, why? It's old technology, but it's only 50% uh, efficiency, uh, so how? So you don't, which one do you want to take now? All kinds of things. Now. So we are looking at vaccine uh, like it's a saviour. But when we preach the mission, miracles happen. Something happened because when, when we uh, preach the gospel, when we share the love of God, we're sharing the substitutionary death. Someone died for us. And when that happens, I know my sins are forgiven and God, the Lord Jesus has taken my sin on the cross with Him, has forgiven me. Look at what happened to Jonah. In Jonah 1.5, it says, And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship, into the sea to lighten them. So they try to save the ship. They throw everything so that the boat will be lightened up so that the, the ship will float. That's what they were trying to do. And not only that, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. They tried. They tried very hard to row back, but they could not. You see, many of us are like Jonah and like what is happening on the ship. We are lost. You know, we try, to, we try to do something. We try to get rid of our anger. We try to get rid of our frustration from our lives, the ship of our life. Try to throw this away. Try to throw that away. And then we try to row as much as possible to safety so that we can have joy, to have peace. And then you find that you cannot. Then what happens? Many go into depression. And I saw that during this MCO, 
So many people went into depression. And I had the opportunity of counseling many, and I see that many of them are lost. Many of them are troubled. Many of them are confused. And like Jonah and the sailors, they're trying to throw this away. But they are not able to. The men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. Some of you here, seated at home, maybe having that experience, you are not alone. Brothers, sisters, you are not alone. But I realized something. It wasn't the issue of the sailors throwing their anxiety, throwing their confusion, throwing that uh, uh, whatever it is out of the boat. I experienced the peace and the presence of God. This is what it is. The death of Jesus. There is a price. It's a very heavy price. He said, I have come that you may have life. I was ready to go that night. In my mind, I said, God, if you want to take me, take her. But my wife wasn't ready. And she told me that night she went back after sending me to the hospital. I was in the ICU. She went back and cried. Of course, it hurts my heart to know that my wife is not ready. But on the other side, I saw you good to Sola. You miss me, and how you know, know what to do now? You miss me, that you miss me, you miss me. Ah, you know what to do? Ah, yeah. You begin to treasure the things of God. In the darkest moment, when you do not know what to do, then you begin to see the love of God just overwhelm you. Some of us at home are trying to throw away all our anxiety, our hopelessness, our uncertainties. For me, that darkest moment, so-called dark moment, uh, uh, to be operated, I was looking at the clock, 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 no, no, no. so, wow. It is like I'm just waiting for the surgeon to, to start work. But the peace of God, just for I thank God for those who were praying for me that night and I experienced that presence of God that love of God and I was ready are you ready? not only that so they pick up Jonah and hurl him into the sea and the sea ceased with its raging you know this verse give me understanding of what, how Jesus, like Jonah, was sacrificed. Jesus died for you and I. And for the storm, for the sea to cease from its raging, Jonah had to be thrown into the sea. And this is the type of what Christ is like. Christ died for you and I. So that the raging storms may, 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 may cease. It's not the storm itself, but His peace with us. And this is one thing I, I learned. All of us are to preach that missionary miracle. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will be the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew twelve forty. You see the type? Like in comparison, how Jonah and how Jesus Christ have to pay the price. 
That is the sacrificial love of Jesus. And not only is there a substitutionary death, there is also, see here, the men of Nineveh will arise at the judgment of this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Here is in Matthew 12, you're talking about a situation where Jesus is telling them, telling the people, Jonah preached, and within 40 days, Nineveh repented. What about you and I? How old are you? You could be 30 years old. You could be 40 years old. 50, 60, 70. Have you repented? Have you obeyed God? God is reminding us. Not only is there the substitutionary death, there is also the supernatural resurrection. This supernatural resurrection is found in Jesus. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out or upon the dry land. Can you see the type of Jonah with Christ? The similarity? Here, Jonah was in Sheol. He's dead. And then uh, he was vomited out, vomited out and he was alive. Hey, how can I believe such story, man? You know, that, this is for Sunday school children. It's a fairy tale story and only for kids to, to know, isn't it? But how can this be possible? Do you know in 1899, there was an incident in Falkland Islands. This is a real story in 1899. Huh? These fellows were whalers. They went whale hunting. And this guy by the name of Bartley, together with his crew, okay, they, you know, they will use the harpoon and then they will throw. Those days, there's no automatic uh, uh, harpoon. They use their hands and then they will throw it uh, at the whale, isn't it? While the, someone was throwing the harpoon, the other two were in the boat out into the sea. They were trying to do something as well, try to harpoon. But when the whale flipped its tail, the boat just capsized. And one of them drowned. Bartley was thrown out and the whale, it was a sperm whaler, the whale just gobbled him up into the, the, the belly of the fish. Huh? Then after a while, they managed to subdue the whale and they took the whale on board of the ship. Then on the way back uh, to Falklands, they cut the whale open. And while they cut the whale open to separate the blubber and all those things, they saw something moving in the stomach. And they cut it out. And there it was, Bartley. He was still alive. And this is just a story. But, but if I believe, if I can understand that God created the heavens and earth and God created me, there's nothing that God cannot do. And if God wants to summon a fish, He will summon a fish. He can do anything because He is God. And we begin to see, why does it, seem incredible for any of you that God can raise the dead in Acts. God can do anything. God can raise the dead. God can change lives. I was just telling you about my brother, okay, the youngest brother, who's, who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ just now. Uh, just about 16 days ago, on the eve of Chinese New Year, 16 or 17 days ago, Okay, on the eve of Chinese New Year, our family had a reunion. So we have people on Zoom from all over the world. One from UK, okay, and then all different places, they come together. And after that reunion, this is the first family reunion that we had, no? 
all of them coming together first time. And it was a great occasion. That night, my youngest brother had a quarrel with my brother who is in London. Just a little bit about my brothers. Huh? They are all gangster background. My youngest brother was a gangster. My, the other brother in UK is also a big time. That one is a big time gangster. Okay? And still is very influential in Chinatown today. Okay? He was involved in a lot of things all over the world in international syndicates. They quarrel. Last week, or, uh, uh, about a week over ago, my youngest brother, Jonathan, his name, uh, he called me up. Brother, you know, something happened to me. You know me, right? I quarrel with my, my elder brother. You know, I call him the next day and I ask him to forgive me. This is something impossible for my brothers because why? When I was growing up with them, we never apologize. This is not in our dictionary. The, o- the only way to get even is whose fist is bigger, whose legs are stronger, and we will go physical. You know what they say? I realize God has changed me. God has changed me. And I saw the transformation in his life. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Yes, we, got, we must hit the missionary mandate. If you are a reluctant messenger, you've got to watch out because there is a cost involved. There is a price to pay. But the message of the gospel will regenerate lives. But we must preach the missionary miracle. Because why? Of the substitutionary death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, because of it, there is a supernatural thing that happened that changes life. And that miracle, that miracle, you and I can see. And let me go to the third point, the missionary message. The missionary message. What about the missionary message? We have to preach it. Preach the missionary message about God's grace. The grace of God. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Wow, I like this verse, you know. Don't you like this verse? Second chances. I like to have second chance. Because why? I have fouled up many times. And I ask God to give me second chance. You know, something happened in my family. (laughs) We are talking about mission now. Where God put you where you are, you are on a mission. And my mom told me this thing. And it really hit my heart. Because I really wanted to share the gospel to my family. And to the people uh, I, I love. But it was so difficult. You know, it's very difficult to share the gospel to the people that you love. Because they know all your bad habits. They know all your, all, all your secret sins, you know. And when you want to tell them about Jesus, they say, Whoa, who are you to tell me? You are just as bad, no? It's so difficult. But I thank God that when my mom gave me this message that you are to bring the whole entire family back together. It hit my heart. And I started doing something to try to reach them 
and ask them to forgive me. And that was the beginning. And I saw the change. God gave me a second chance because the second chance was seen in my brothers, my sisters. The entire family began to come to the Lord. I'll share with you a little bit more. But God is a God of second chance. It doesn't matter what you have done. Some of you said, no, when I was young, God spoke to me, you know. And then uh, he, he gave me this desire to serve, to go to mission. But because I was so busy, I had a family, and then I had, I had a house, I had to pay for the mortgage, and then and the children started coming, so I started uh, delaying a little bit. Maybe in a few years' time, when my kid is older, then I could go into mission and then to, 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 to do something. And now you are 40 years old. But when I'm in my 40s, I, my child coming and they're going to college, you know, I, you know, I have to go to work to, uh, harder to get them. Uh, the education fees and all those. And so I waited and then now I'm in my uh, 50s. And now the choo-choo come, no. Don't know what to do now. I have to look after my choo-choo, man. And then you are 60s. Oh, yeah, now I've got to go to a hospital. Eh? No, I, no time. Like, every time I've got to go visit a hospital. And then you're in 70s. Oh, yeah, now I cannot move. Like, I, cannot go to the, I cannot do anything already. Sounds familiar. Isn't that a life cycle? But God gives us a second chance. No matter which position you are today. It doesn't matter. God is a God of second chance. You may be, God may have told you and you are in your 40s. And you wanted to share the love of God with people. And you have procrastinated. God is here. God is giving you a second chance. Start again. Start afresh. God is not here to just, wow, you see what you've done? You see? You see what you've done? And he does, He's there to punish you. No, that is not our God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to repent, change. Heed the missionary journey. The missionary mandate. You could be in your 50s. Yeah, now I'm going to retire very soon. Now I have more time. Yeah, but I need to travel the world because I make a little bit of money. If not, it's a waste, isn't it? Now you cannot travel. Lah. But the day when it opens up, you, you're going, you won't be around again. But wherever you are, the gospel is with you. You are the messenger. The problem is whether you are a reluctant messenger. God has given you and I a mission. And it's His mission. His mission. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. This is a typical story of John Mark. He deserted Paul. But this story, do you realize that Paul himself said later, send me John Mark. He's a very, very valuable and useful person. God is a God of second chance. Not only for them, great men in the Bible. Peter, Peter denied Jesus Christ three times. God gave him a second chance. Uh, uh, at the site of the Galilee, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Remember the three times? And Peter said, I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Go. And then we see in Scripture how Peter was so instrumental at the upper room, then later down at the day of Pentecost. Not only him. Look at King David. King David is an adulterer. 
He's a murderer. Isn't it? And today we have Psalms. We have the book of Psalms. And he's a man after God's own heart. How can God call him a man after my own heart when he's an adulterer? And he is a murderer. I think many of us here are not as bad as him. But God calls him a man after my own heart. God is a God of second chance. No matter what situation you are in, God is a God of second chances. The issue is whether you are using the best out of this second chance that God has given you. It's not only God's grace, God's mercies. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. Wow! I will not destroy it as I had planned. That means uh, if there is sin, God will destroy that nation. But if you repent, God is not quick to judge you, to, to, to send His wrath. But God is quick to rescue you and I. He's quick to do that. He's not here to just to condemn us. And that is His mercies. The man of Nineveh will arise up at the judgment with his generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jonah preached and they repented. Some of you here may not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And some of you may have heard about the Lord Jesus Christ and know Him. But deep down inside, you have not really repented of your sins. If you have not re repented of your sin, repent today. God is giving you a second chance to repent. Yes, there is the missionary mandate that we need to heed. And that is also the missionary miracle. And that is also the missionary message that we need to preach. Preach about God's grace and God's mercies. But my final point today is, what is the missionary motive? What is the missionary motive? And some of us uh, go out into missions, we have agendas. Some of them have this silent karma behind. You know, all kinds of uh, uh, funny understanding that I need to do God a favour. I need to do something. Or it is a personal achievement that I need to deal with. But when you talk about the issue of the missionary motive, you begin to learn something. One is the anthropocentric mission. Okay, it's a very long word. Can you read it together? If, you, if your tongues cannot pronounce, it's okay. Huh? One, two, go. Anthropocentric. One word we can learn together. What is anthropocentric? When, when I'm on a uh, mission, it's all about me-centered. It's centered on what I want. Maybe God's agenda is still there, but my agenda is first, then only God's agenda. And you see that happening in Jonah. Let's read it together. Are you ready? One, two, go. But it pleased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? 
That is why I make haste to flee to Tashis, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Look at what happened here. First, he was displeased with God. Why was he displeased with God? Yeah, there's a reason. And then he was angry with God. And because he has this anger inside him, he began to do things that are not from God's perspective, but from the perspective of his own emotional expression. Jonah was angry. He was displeased because, with God because he knew that if he go to Tarshish and preach the word of God of repentance for 40 days, they will repent. He knows that they will repent. But he didn't want them to be saved because the Ninevites were so cruel and they were the ones who oppressed the Jewish people. And that's why we say, even though you pray to God, sometimes you pray to God, but your own agenda is there. I don't know whether you realize or not. You pray to God, but actually you're praying your own agenda. This is what I want. This is what I want for God. This is what I want for the church. It's not what God wants. There's a big difference between what God wants and what I want. And here we see, he began to flee. He began to run away from the presence of God. Anthropocentric. Notice what he did. Huh? He sat on the east side of the city to see what would become of the city in 40 days. He preached. Jonah preached in 40 days. 40 days. If you do not repent, God's judgment will be upon you. So now what he did is he went up to a higher place on the east side. The sun rises from the east. Now he looks down at the city waiting for God to destroy the city. Can you imagine? What? Something is not right with Jonah, isn't it? The reason why? He was angry. He didn't like these people. He didn't like the Ninevites. And he was waiting for God to punish them. Not only that, he wanted to die because of the plant and because of the worm, because of the east wind, because of the hot sun. You know the story, isn't it? He began to complain about God, to God. Everything he can do, he complained. Sometimes we are like that. But did God change? He says in 40 days, if you, if you don't, uh, I will punish you if you don't repent. Notice that when repentance comes, God is not there to judge. God actually is a God of second chance. God wants you and I to be saved. God is always there. The, the issue is, are we ready for God? And God has called you and I on a mission to bring this message of hope and message of love to the lost. I just want to end here by sharing my last story that is found, uh, maybe I share my brother's story to end off. I had this brother in London which I have not seen for more than 30 over years. I remember when he was, uh, we were young together, he took a parang, a machete, to, to try to kill me. We went into a fight and he tried to kill me. And I still remember I managed to escape and that was not the only incident. There were also other incidents involved but I could remember that incident because I just escaped narrowly uh, uh, from being uh, slaughtered. Uh. And he left my home, uh, left 
my little town in Gerantot and he went to UK and he began to join, continue in his uh, secret society and he made it big. He fought his way up the rank uh, in, in London and in Manchester and he became a big guy. You know, during, during this period of MCO, during this period of MCO, there's no way we could uh, contact him. For, because for over 30 over years, we had no connection. But my youngest brother received the Lord Jesus Christ. When he received the Lord Jesus Christ, something in him changed. He started looking for my, this brother in UK. And he managed to find his partner. And the partner connected to my brother, the lost brother in UK. And we met. You know, it's very difficult to look for my brother because my brother, being in that area, he's able to hide his tracks. Nobody knows where he goes. You know, when we were young, uh, even in school, at Standard 6, I remember he was already having a few bodyguards. At Form 1, he was already beating the teacher with a broomstick. So he never finished Form 1. He never finished Form 1. He took the broom uh, and then he, the teacher, he was just smashed the teacher. And that was him. As it was growing up, he became more and more violent. And he was, he's still violent till today. On Christmas Day, I had a call with him. And you know what? I just whacked one quite low, he said. And you know what is quite low, isn't it? Okay, wrong word to say. Uh, 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 a British. But guess what happened? I had the opportunity to pray with him to accept the Lord Jesus. He accepted the Lord Jesus. God has given you and I a mission. I have not seen him for 30 over years. And you know what? Tell me. On Chinese New Year, he said, I am coming back. Please forgive me. This is his message. You and I will be thinking it's impossible. God makes it possible. God has given you and I a mission. Yes, we cannot move to another country. You cannot go to India now. But that doesn't stop us from sharing the love of Christ. Because this MCO itself, two of my brothers came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been waiting for 30 over years. But God chose an MCO to make it happen. See what God can do? You and I are on a mission. Don't be the reluctant messenger. Let's pray. Some of you here, I know your hearts. God is speaking to your heart today. God is speaking to you. And God is giving you a second chance to turn, to repent. God has called you, He has spoken to you, and you know it. And today you say, Lord, forgive me. I want to return to the heartbeat of God. I want to come back to you. And this is your prayer. Pray with me. And some of you, you have not known the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't waste this opportunity. 
You and I may be here, but tomorrow you may not be here. Life is so fleeting. On one moment, I was playing ping pong. The next moment, I'm in the hospital. But God gave me a second chance. And because God has given me a second chance, more so, I want to share the love of God with you. He loves you. He wants you to be with Him in heaven. Pray with me, will you? Lord Jesus, pray with me where you are now at home. Lord Jesus, I know you died for me on the cross and you rose again. And you say whoever repents, believes and trusts in you, you give us life. And today, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free from the consequences of my disobedience to you. Lord, you have spoken to me and I have disobeyed. I have forgotten. I procrastinated. Lord Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me and I want to start afresh with a second chance and I want to serve you. I want to be on the missionary journey that you have prepared for me to my family, loved ones and to the people that are around me and to the uttermost part of the world wherever you call me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. Amen.